48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong reports 195 COVID deaths over the past day, a new record. The government sends out an emergency alert for the first time with the public warn that Queen Elizabeth Hospital has become a COVID-designated hospital. And Cathay Pacific reduces its losses by 75%. A record 195 COVID patients have died in the past day, as the number of newly confirmed cases shot up by over 58,000. Just over half of the new cases were recorded by the new online platform for home tests that went live on Monday. Yesterday, University of Hong Kong researchers said their modeling indicated that infections for this wave peaked last Friday. But the Center for Health Protection's Albert Al says it's too early to say. The number of rapid antigen tests has not been counted into the cases previously, so we need to monitor closely for a few days to observe the real trend, including the rapid antigen test. Just purely judging from the number of PCR tests, we think that the increasing trend of cases has been stabilized and has reached a plateau level. But for the future trend, we still need to observe. A chief manager at the hospital authority, Sarah Ho, says Haven of Hope Hospital in Chengkwano, Rutanji Hospital in Wan Chai, and Feng Yu King Hospital in Pok Lam will be turned into COVID-only hospitals. The first designated hospital, Queen Elizabeth in Yaomate, goes into service as a dedicated COVID hospital from Sunday, offering 1,500 beds. We still reserve some bed for uh, those patients need to be stay in QEH. For example, those cancer patients and pediatric ICU or neonatal ICU patients that still need to be stay in Queen Elizabeth Hospital. We also need to have enough spacing to ensure the infection control standard. So that's why it's not possible to make 2,000 beds completely convert to um, a bed to take up the COVID-positive patients. A clinical virologist from the University of Hong Kong's Siddharth Sridhar says it makes sense to convert healthcare facilities to treat COVID, but caution that the move will also affect the care of other patients. Dr. Sridhar also said more could be done to reduce pressure on emergency rooms. One solution, he said, was to send healthcare staff to COVID-hit care homes. Elderly aren't forced to come into A&E departments to seek medical attention. Instead, we're sending teams out there that makes life a little bit easier in terms of the conditions at these emergency departments as well as speeding up appropriate treatments for at-risk elderly who have mild COVID in old age in the residential care homes. Obviously, if there are people with more severe illness, severe COVID, then they would have to come into emergency departments. The government sent the public an emergency alert early this evening, telling them that the Queen Elizabeth Hospital had been converted into a designated COVID hospital. The alert popped up on mobile devices around town, advising most other types of patients not to go there. It's the first time the system has been used since its launch in 2020. IT expert Francis Fong had previously called for important news to be disseminated in this way. But he said he'd leave it up to the government to explain whether tonight's message warranted it. For example, if we are going to have the compulsory testing for all the Hong Kong citizens, if the citizens need to register through a certain website, I think it should be broadcast so that most of the Hong Kong citizens should know where to go and how they can register. I will leave it to the government to explain why they want to send the message about the hospital things. 
The Cathay Pacific chairman Patrick Healy says the airline will continue to keep a sharp eye on costs, despite reducing losses by 75% last year. Cathay lost $5.5 billion, saying strong cargo trade and strict cost controls offset a fall of more than 80% in passenger numbers. Mr. Healy said there were no further plans for pay cuts or staff reductions. He acknowledged that staff morale had suffered, but said he was optimistic for the future. The future long-term outlook for Hong Kong uh, as an international aviation hub and for Cathay Pacific role at the center of that hub remains fundamentally unchanged. And so although I wouldn't want to downplay the difficulties of the operational challenges associated with the current situation, the fact remains that these are fundamentally short-term in nature and they don't change our full confidence uh, in the long-term future of Hong Kong as a place to do business and Hong Kong as an international aviation hub. It's 18 degrees Celsius to humidity, 74%. RTHK, the time has just gone five minutes past 11. The chief executive says the government is still planning the details of a compulsory mass testing exercise, but she confirmed that it was not a priority, at least for now. Carrie Lam was speaking to the media this morning in what she said was the start of daily briefings she plans to give for the foreseeable future. Here's Wendy Wong. Carrie Lam's administration had previously said Hong Kong's 7.4 million residents would have to be tested for COVID-19 three times this month to identify silent virus carriers, stop transmission chains and bring the huge Omicron drift and outbreak to an end. But when asked if the universal testing exercise will go ahead as planned, the CE said that depends on the pandemic situation. I wouldn't overlook the reality simply because I made a certain statements. Because the reality is to fight the epidemic and not to do as what the CE has said. The chief executive stressed that mass testing is still part of the plan to bring the fifth wave of infections under control, but that the work will be timed for when it can achieve the best results. If we are going to do it with the uh, time confirmed, we will certainly announce as early as possible so that the public can participate and can uh, anticipate what's going to happen during the period. Given that we don't have any time frame or specific date in mind, members of the public don't have to worry the disruptions to their daily lives. Mrs. Lam said she will now hold daily media briefings until the COVID situation eases to strengthen communication on the government's anti-epidemic work, clarify rumours and answer questions. The chief executive also announced that workers at elderly homes will start living in a closed-loop system to try to prevent infections and unveil plans to create more hospital space for serious COVID cases. Francis Sitt reports. Carol Lam told reporters at her first daily COVID briefing that she's saddened by the deaths of more than 2,300 people during the Omicron outbreak, noting that most of them were elderly. To try to prevent this continuing, she said authorities aim to vaccinate all elderly care home residents by the 18th of this month. Mrs. Lam also refuted that a closed-loop management system will be implemented for care home staff. This will involve carers staying at designated hotels with designated vehicles to ferry them to and from work. The idea is to minimize the chance of staff being infected in the wider community and taking the coronavirus into care homes. 
The chief executive also confirmed widespread reports that Queen Elizabeth Hospital will be converted into a COVID treatment hospital within a few days. Other patients will be transferred elsewhere as officials step up efforts to prioritize the most vulnerable. Here's the hospital authority's chief executive, Tony Cole. We hope by concentrating the COVID patients together, concentrating the expertise, the resources and the management of such patients, we will be able to provide better clinical outcomes for the COVID patients. So in the coming few days, we are going to transfer the non-COVID patients to the different hospitals within the current central cluster as well as to other hospital clusters and to private hospitals as well. We estimate that around 380 patients will be transferred in the coming few days. Around 9,000 additional beds at other public hospitals will also be reserved for COVID patients. The CE said more isolation facilities will be opened in the near future at the Kaita Cruise Terminal and seven sports centers for elderly patients with mild symptoms but who still require medical care. Altogether, Mrs. Lam said these measures will add up to another 16,000 beds to treat people suffering from COVID-19. The Consumer Council says it has, it's had almost 50 complaints since January about rapid antigen test kits and it's calling on the public to take a cautious approach to buying these COVID tests. The Watchdog's chairman, Paul Lam, says the government has provided a list of approved kits, but no regulations are in place for importing and selling these kits. The system um, implemented uh, in Hong Kong um, is a voluntary system based on the medical device administrative control system. And this is a system that uh, we need to uh, work with uh, for the time being. So um, I would um, urge traders uh, to make best use of the existing system uh, in order to assist the consumers to identify goods or products which have fulfilled the government's uh, requirement. The watchdog has also launched a search engine on its website for consumers to find approved test kits. Locally contracted cases of COVID-19 are rising again in northeast China. The National Health Commission reported another 233 local infections today, up from 175 on Tuesday. Vicky Wong with the details. Jilin accounted for 94 of the new local cases. 59 were in Shandong, 17 in Shanxi, 12 in Tianjin, and Hebei and Jiangsu had 11 each. The rest of the infections were spread around nine other provinces and regions. There were also 104 imported COVID cases, 15 of them in Shanghai. The Health Commission said in its daily report that it had received reports of 399 asymptomatic cases on Tuesday, including 77 from outside the mainland. That raised the total number of COVID-19 cases so far confirmed on the mainland, both local and imported, to just over 111,850. The death toll since the virus first broke out in Wuhan in late 2019 now stands at 4,636. Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister... Erna Vereshchuk says Russia has agreed a 12-hour ceasefire in six of the areas worst affected by fighting to allow civilians to escape. She urged Moscow to stick to what it had promised. The humanitarian corridors are intended to remain open until the middle of the evening in several cities, including outlying parts of the capital, Kiev. Thousands of people have fled Russian bombardment under similar corridor arrangements in recent days. Anna is a Polish volunteer helping refugees arriving at Poland's border with Ukraine. 
I'm trying to prepare the conditions for people who want us after the arrivals. You know, the rooms, the, especially for mother and children, the, and the youngest one, the infants. So we have a special rooms for them. I'm preparing food. I'm just making, I'm trying to make them as to feel safe and, you know, comfortable because they are after three, four, five days travel. You can't move in the corridor without being asked for some help. The Ukrainian energy company Ukrainergo says the former nuclear plant at Chernobyl has lost its power supply. It was the site of the world's worst nuclear accident in 1986. The BBC's Bethany Bell reports. In a statement on Facebook, the Ukrainian energy company said Chernobyl had been fully disconnected from the grid as a result of actions by Russian troops. It said ongoing conflict made it impossible to carry out repairs and restore power supply. Russian forces captured the Chernobyl power plant and the surrounding exclusion zone two weeks ago. In a recent statement, the UN's nuclear watchdog, the IAEA, noted that the site has backup emergency diesel generators should there be a total loss of power. In sports and in football, Liverpool are through to the Champions League quarterfinals 2-1 on aggregate, despite losing 1-0 to Inter Milan at Anfield. Lautaro Martinez's long-range second-half strike gave the Italian champions the win. But they were down to 10 men two minutes later, when Alexis Sanchez was sent off. Despite the loss, Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp felt his side deserved to go through. We could have played better. Not too much better, to be honest, because the opponent is just really good. It's not that I think we should have dominated them. It was obviously more exciting than we wanted. Not for too long because the red card and then we could control it completely. And um, so um, I think we are deserved in the quarterfinal. And that's actually all I'm interested in. Bayern Munich are also through to the last eight over FC Salzburg, but in very different fashion, as the BBC's Mark Edwards reports. Bayern Munich and Salzburg lined up together behind a message of peace on a banner on the pitch as they showed their support for ending the war in Ukraine. Ahead of their last 16 tie on Tuesday, the tie was poised at one all after the first leg, but it didn't take the Germans long to get on top. A hat-trick from Robert Lewandowski within 23 minutes, setting Bayern Munich on their way to a 7-1 win over Salzburg. Uh, incidentally, that's the fastest hat-trick in Champions League history. So Bayern into the quarterfinals with an 8-2 aggregate win for the 2020 champions. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Hong Kong reports 195 COVID deaths over the past day, a new record. The government sends out an emergency alert for the first time, with the public warned that Queen Elizabeth Hospital has become a COVID-designated hospital. And Cathay Pacific reduces its losses by 75%. And before we go, another quick look at the weather. Currently, it's 18 degrees Celsius, with the relative humidity standing at 75%. And that's the news from RTHK. Without a reason why Love As if you were a child Smile No matter what they tell you Don't listen to a word they say Cause life is beautiful that way Tears A tidal wave of tears 
film La Vita e Bella. Life is beautiful. That was Noah and her version of beautiful that way. How are you doing this Wednesday evening? Dying Embers Thursday just literally around the corner. Welcome to our marvellous musical magical mystery tour. Peter King with you through till one. So taking requests of course for our sentimental journey which is coming away at around about five past midnight. Really hoping to stick around for the both. Look at me. I'm as helpless as Too much in love. 